You're inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop, a podcast dedicated to helping you get back up again, turning your pain into power, turning your trauma into triumph. I am your host, KK Smith, and I find joy in helping you get back up again. This podcast holds a space for you to grow, heal, and connect like you never have before. So grab your coffee and step inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today, we're joined by breakup coach Vaughn Simmons-Fisher. She comes to us all the way from Los Angeles, California. So welcome to the show, Vaughn. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes. So I am a breakup coach and I um, help women go through the breakup process um, emotionally. And I also help them learn how to bounce back. That's one of the things we typically don't know how to do after a breakup. We just feel like we've just got to go through it, which we do. But there's a whole process to helping women get through it without having a lot of the uh, traumas and uh, emotional damage that it, you know, that it often produces a breakup. So um, so I help women through that process, help them navigate it. I'm the breakup Sherpa (laughs) and try to make the process a little bit more manageable. So is that for all women like teenagers, young women, married women, basic relationships, um, invested relationships? That's for all women. Yes, it's for all women. I would say all all adults. So anyone 18 and over, um, there's a whole nother different dynamic for, you know, the, the adolescent breakup. But yeah, for all adult women, whether you're going through a breakup from a relationship, a breakup from a friendship, a divorce, sometimes even breaking up from a job, you know, it's releasing and letting go of any relationship or situationship that just no longer serves you. So tell us, what is your background in this type of specialized coaching? And also, why did you become a breakup coach? Okay. Um, That's an excellent question. And mainly because of my own breakups, I've had some doozies (laughs) and each one was worse than the next Uh, one breakup in particular. I lost like 11 pounds in a very short period of time because I was so heartbroken and destitute. I was literally walking around like a zombie and it impacts so many areas of people's lives. For me, it impacted at work. It impacted my, um, you know, my ability to even parent the way that I was normally parenting my daughter. So it impacts so many other areas. And, you know, I had to find a way to get through it quicker and then also um, quicker and with less damage. I'll put it that way. And then also I was usually the go-to person for a lot of friends that were going through relationship challenges or breakups. Um, there's certainly, you know, a way to make it not as impactful to your life. Okay. And what is your specific training? So is it educational? Is it more experience based for your programs? Um, It's a little both. I would definitely say more experience based, having gone through it myself and helping other uh, friends go through it and just kind of being that uh, conduit for getting through that process. Um, I do. I am a certified life coach and I do have um, a, a master's degree in human performance improvement. 
And I have several, several years, I won't say how many, cause I don't want to date myself, but <laughs> several years within human resources. And, you know, in HR, you're dealing with all sorts of employee relations, training and development, recruiting. So you're getting firsthand experience of uh, different personalities, different ways of thinking. And that comes into place when you're going through a breakup as well. And let me say experience, life experience is yes. such a great teacher. I think more so than academics because, you know, you have actually lived it. You have actually gone through it. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, for me, having gone through such horrific breakups, I wanted to make sure that I could help someone else through that. So no one else had to, you know, lose all that weight or be walking around looking crazy while they're trying to get over this person that broke their heart. So, so yeah, I definitely wanted to see if there was any way I could show at least one person how to not fall apart when your, your relationship is ending. And that is so needed today because I have had a shared experience as you a painful breakup, losing weight, distraught, yeah. no to go, no resources to help. And there's the shame of it. There's a shame. Okay, who do right. I talk to? Who can I trust with these vulnerable feelings? Because they're just raw emotions that you're like, wow, what can I do with this? So what you're Absolutely. doing is so needed. It is. And you know what? That's the thing, too. Everybody feels like, oh, I can just talk to my girlfriends. Your girlfriends have their own stuff going on, you know, and then after a while, they're going to get tired of hearing about, you know, this guy and what he did and how you, you know, are so sad and distraught. So rather than lean too heavily on those friendships and possibly, you know, impact your friendships as well. I figured another way to really just help someone through the process was get to give them a resource, a place to go, which would be me <laughs> and or any other breakup coach that is there to support that person emotionally. So I can take on the text messages. I tell my clients, you know, if you're thinking about text texting your ex, text me instead, you know, text me. You can even pretend like I'm the ex and say whatever you need to say, but let me be kind of that medium between you and, um, your your uh frame of thinking at that point or, or i guess i would say your your grief that's really what it is grief yes this is a great platform so what is the first step to do when you're breaking up um i would say the first step and a lot of people don't do this but the very first step is accepting that it's over so it sounds super simple it sounds like common sense but for the most part a lot of people don't fully accept it they may in the back of their mind think, oh, okay, well, we'll get back together or, oh, you know, maybe in the future we'll be together once we have this thing resolved or that thing resolved, but they don't fully accept that it's over and they still kind of have one foot in a relationship and one foot out. So I would say accepting is a very first step um, in that process. So um, basically, no matter what the reason was for the breakup, whether you broke up with him or he, he broke up with you or what have you or her, um, accepting that it's fully over is a little uh, one of the things that people don't do enough of. They're so quick to want to try to, you know, get to the bouncing back and let me figure out how to start dating again. But having some time to sit with that emotion and sit with that acceptance that this relationship came and went. It wasn't meant to be forever. These are the lessons I learned. People typically don't go through that process. And that's how they end up going back 
you know, rebound into that other person because they've never fully accepted or allow themselves to believe that the relationship is 100% over. Now, can a person go through that process when it's so abrupt without carrying anger, pain, resentment, or do you advise those feelings to come up and deal with them? Yes, those feelings definitely come up. So even if it's an abrupt breakup or maybe you feel like the person just ghosted you, you didn't get any closure. I always tell people closure is a myth. There is nothing that person can say or do that's going to make it better. Um, There's still always going to be those unanswered questions. So rather than try to seek closure from that person, try to give yourself some closure, you know, by accepting that the relationship is over or accepting that the relationship has expired. I always tell people, you know, relationships are, are, they have an expiration date in some cases. Sometimes you're together 15, 20, 30 years, which is awesome. Sometimes you're together a year or two because maybe you needed to be with that person for a specific period of time so that you learned a specific lesson. So, or you, you know, had a certain experience within that relationship and you never know which relationship is going to prepare you for the next one. So it's something we just all have to go through. But I think um, that there is a time and a place for that grieving mourning. I tell people relationships are like, it's like a death. It's the death of that relationship. So, um, you know, again, a lot of times people are so quick to want to get back out there and let me date again and let me, you know, go out with my girls and find somebody else. But there is a grieving mourning period. So I tell people typically after you've accepted, fully accepted that the relationship is over, you have no expectations of getting back with this person. You're not looking at your phone to see if he's going to call and tell you he misses you so much. Um, Then there's a little bit of a detox process. So getting that person out of your system. That might mean removing any kind of memorabilia, any kind of screenshots or photos or, you know, the T-shirt he left at your house. Getting rid of of anything that's going to remind you of him because constantly having those reminders is going to keep you in that expectation phase. So going through that detox is, you know, one of the other first steps to do. And then after that, you have to process the relationship. You have to mourn. You have to grieve. You have to feel angry. Those are all emotions that are absolutely valid, absolutely natural. No matter what happened, who ended the relationship, it's very important to give yourself time to do that. So if you need to go to the beach and scream, you know, scream to the ocean or you need to uh, just give yourself a designated time to cry every day after you get home from work, you know, if you just want to cry for an hour do that until you and at some point you once you're getting it all out of your system you're going to feel a little bit better at some point it, it just takes some time so i don't think there's any specific timeline on grieving it depends on the person it depends on um how long the relationship lasted but if you consistently make it intentional and proactive to process that relationship and mourn it and grieve it at some point, you're going to start to feel better. You know, usually after someone passes away, they say every day it's going to get a little bit better, just a teeny, teeny, tiny bit better. But then after a while, you know, the grief maybe doesn't take over your life so much. And in terms of processing the relationship, I always recommend that people go back to the relationship from the beginning. Think about what happened. Think about what yellow flags or red flags you may have seen that you missed. Think about, you know, some of the things that you argued about. And this is how you get those lessons, those gems. You don't want the relationship to be in vain. You know, what's the purpose of breaking up if you didn't really learn anything from the relationship? But really just really finding a way to 
um, to figure out what the lesson was, what the gem was, what was the purpose of this relationship? You know, was it something I needed to learn? Was it something that he needed to learn? Going through that whole process to kind of figure out what happened, why, and how you can avoid it again in the future, if possible. Oh, that is such great advice. So now I want you to tell my listeners, for the people out there that's about to be on SNAP, forensic files, fatal attraction, for the people that's about to hurt themselves or the other person, I want you to give them some tips speaking directly to them, to their soul. What should they know about themselves? What could comfort them right now to themselves? Because so many times as we hear about these stories about people are not fully letting go, people are jumping off bridges and shooting people and and just, you know, ruining their lives because of the detachment to another person. So what would you say to that client that came to you and said, I'm about to pop off. I'm about to, I'm about to just, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I would definitely, first of all, encourage that person to stop for a moment, take a brief pause, take some very deep breaths. So take three really, really deep breaths. And then we talk about why you're feeling that way. Um, so if someone is at that extreme point where they're like ready to go, you know, bust some windows out of somebody's car, right? Talking them off the ledge involves giving them just a moment to um, to to be in their feelings without actually taking action on it. So you know, people usually process emotions in three w- ways: either they talk it out, they cry it out, or they write it out. So I'm a big fan of journaling. I'm also a big fan of crying it out too because tears are cleansing for the soul. Um, But with me, if that person were to call me, I would absolutely want to talk it out with them. So I would try to talk them off the ledge and have them um, share with me all the things that they want to share with that other person so that they can, I can kind of absorb that for them and they don't end up going to take an action that they're going to regret later. The other thing I would share with them is that they are still worthy of much more like this relationship isn't the end of their life they're going to have more relationships better relationships stronger relationships they are worth taking the time to not do anything that they're going to regret and just focus on themselves so i really try to instill that sense of um self-worth to people because sometimes you feel like your whole identity is tied up in the person that you're in a relationship with as women especially we we are more likely to lose ourselves in a relationship than men. You know, women are socialized to be that way. You know, when we're little girls, we play with dolls and we nurture the dolls and we're taking care of the dolls and the boys are out playing with big wheels and are breaking stuff (laughs) and, (laughs) and, you know, building stuff with Legos. We're socialized differently. So therefore, you know, we have that pressure of, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have a baby? When are you going to do this? All the things that we're pressured to do have to do with another person. So I really try to help people to understand that they are complete by themselves. That relationship does not complete them. The relationship does not define them. And that that love, that hate, that anger, you know, that they feel it's going to subside if they just give it time. So I try to just make sure that they're in a place where they're not going to take action on those emotions Feel the emotions, but don't 
don't take action on it. So don't bust the windows out of that car. Um, <laughs> don't, you know, don't do anything to harm yourself. And for people that are in that space where they may want to harm themselves, I, I'm a coach. I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist. I absolutely am a big fan of having more of a clinical approach. So I would recommend, you know, that they um, see a therapist, see a psychologist, see someone that can help them in a more um, clinical way, I guess, a deeper way. And I think for our listeners, people don't realize how much women actually go through just from a foundation of being a woman. Yes. From a foundation of being a black woman. There are so many things that women go through just foundationally. And then you add this on top of it. Some women are single mothers to maybe one child, maybe five, six, seven children. And Mm -hmm. then you have the stress of a relationship. And sometimes it's not even what you dreamed it to be. And then there's the abrupt breakup. And so I think what you're doing is so phenomenal and it's so needed and it fills a space. It fills a gap in our community for trauma after relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And those breakups can be pretty traumatic. You know, Um, like I said, there's no we don't learn in school how to get past a relationship. You know, we just feel like we just got to go through it and that's it. But there is a way to make sure it doesn't, like I said, impact your life so deeply or it doesn't um, it, it doesn't it doesn't traumatize you nearly as much as it would if you didn't have anyone to help you through it. So, yeah, I definitely believe that there's a whole system to um, to getting through a breakup. Um, all the steps have to, you know, happen in order for it to be successful. But at the end of it, you come out of it, you come out stronger, you come out wiser and, you know, you step into your own power versus attaching your power, your worth, your uh, self-esteem to that relationship. So speaking of exes, why do people tend to go back to their ex? That's an excellent question. And I would say to answer it in one word is familiarity. (laughs) You know, um, if you've been with that person for a while, you have a certain pattern, you have a certain routine, you have a certain comfort, familiarity. People don't want to start over. You know, they want what is comfortable to them. So um, a lot of times it has to do with just not wanting to do anything new. They just want to go back to get that old, you know, that old feeling that they had with their ex. Um, Even if the relationship has expired, they want to stay just because it's comfortable to them. But part of breaking up is getting out of that comfort zone. So usually people that are so super tempted to go back have not fully accepted that the relationship is over. So that's why that acceptance is the first thing that they need to do, accept it and then detox from it. So that might mean blocking your ex. You know, if you guys have mutual friends or you friends on Facebook and they're they're you know, homeboy is posting pictures of them together and you don't want to see that, you might have to block the friend too temporarily. You have to do what you need to do to protect yourself. So you have to build a fortress while you're going through that healing process. So accepting the relationship is over and then detoxing, not holding on to every little thing that's going to remind you of him and think about the good times. Also too, I always tell people the good times were good, but you know, obviously the bad times were enough to end the relationship. So don't dwell and romanticize on all these wonderful things that happen. There's time and place for those memories later on. Those memories are never going to leave you. But right now, think about the reasons why the relationship is over. Even if the other person ended it, 
think about some of the things that um that were deficient in the relationship that were unhealthy in the relationship let those kind of be your why your driving force behind why you're leaving that person or why you're you know not going back to that person so look ahead not back um you know don't think about getting back with that person if those issues are not resolved because if you get back because you're familiar with the person then nine times out of ten whatever issues drove you apart are going to still be there because neither of you have gotten any resolve on it so it's different if you know some years have passed you've gotten some counseling you've grown you you know but for the most part going back right away is never a good idea because you're going to be in the cycle of you break up to make up which nobody wants because it's even more difficult to finally get out of that relationship when you're going back and forth several times and i also think that if you don't fix whatever was broken exactly you are in a vulnerable position to accept what you don't even need to be accepting because of familiarity and because of vulnerability and right you might be compromising your set of life values you might be compromising your soul and who you really intend to be for this relationship if you get back together too soon and don't fix what really needs to be fixed and something else you touched on social media that is so important to block this person on every level because you keep Absolutely. living and fantasizing and romanticizing your relationship or they might be with someone else and you're just sitting there going through trauma loop after trauma loop and stalking this page stalking that page and social media is all around us now so there yeah. it is instagram facebook tiktok twitter linkedin <laughs> you name it right pinterest even <laughs> yeah you have to be so proactive in protecting your peace especially yes. after these traumatic events in life absolutely and breakups are definitely traumatic and you know um to your point we we stay stuck in that loop when we're going back and forth and oh but i'm missing so much i can't do this let me go back or if he wants to come back you accept him i say block the phone number block him from social media if there's a a place that you guys used to go together and you know he might be there don't go you know you got to start creating new routines new habits but you have to love yourself enough to protect your heart because you're a vulnerable because you're in a very highly emotional um state of mind you have to protect yourself so again that's where that kind of love of yourself and your self esteem comes into place if you don't love yourself enough to put some type of barrier around your heart it's going to keep getting broken you just need a moment you know it doesn't have to stay there forever but you need a moment to process that grief process their relationship you need time to forgive yourself forgive the other person you need to have time to be replenished you know you've just had something taken out of you you've got to pour back into yourself um uh, as well and then maybe later once you're feeling better you can start to figure out how to date again or how to move forward but for the most part those steps have to happen in order for you to have a successful healing process mm. so let's talk about what is the breakup process So um the process that I use and this is what has worked for me you know it took me several <laughs> breakups to kind of like figure this out but I, I do have like a little bit of a formula that tends to help so we talked about the first step already accepting that it's over so that means not having that expectation of reconciliation reconcil- 
not romanticizing what used to be accepting that that relationship is over. Um, the second part of that is detoxing, like I mentioned, blocking your ex. You know, even if you guys ended on good terms and there's no hard feelings, you still don't want to be reminded of this person. You don't want to see him on Facebook. You don't want, you know, him texting you anytime he feels like it. Protect your heart, detox that relationship. So get rid of any memorabilia and you don't have to throw it away, but put it in a box someplace, give it to your girlfriend, tell her don't give it back to you or whatever delete pictures from your phone. You know, if you need them later, they're always in the cloud, but don't even think about that at this point. So detox completely. And then you can get into, once you've protected your heart and you've accepted that it's over, then you can get into processing the relationship, grieving the relationship, mourning the relationship. You know, this was a whole human being that you loved, you know? So it's not like that person goes away or your feelings go away instantly. So what you want to do rather than thinking about how you um, how much you love this person and how much you know you gave to this relationship, you want to really use this time to go back and look at that relationship. Like I mentioned, what were those yellow flags that you might have missed? What were those recurring arguments that you guys always seem to have? What were your triggers in that relationship? You know, if he if a beautiful woman walked past and he glanced, you know, you need to process why that uh, the process those things that were a challenge for you. And some of them are things that involve both of you. You can't process his stuff, but you can process your own. So sometimes that means, you know, maybe seeing a therapist or getting into some type of support group, um, you know, if you need deeper processing on that. But for the most part, you can look back at relationships and say, you know what, I wish I had done this differently. I wish I had been more of this. I wish I had, you know, not stopped being me or not stopped going to, you know, uh, having my girls weekend or whatever, because I was so caught up in this guy. So think about process, all those things that happen. And then after you've processed all of that stuff, the next step is to forgive. This is another thing that people look, you know, glaze over. They don't forgive themselves. You know, people feel, especially women, we feel like, oh my God, I was such a fool. I can't believe I let this person into my life. I, I, I've definitely done that. You know, the whole self-loathing comes into place and you don't forgive yourself for loving, you know, but it's a natural human response to love. You love someone, you got your heart broken or you broke up because it didn't work out. Whatever reason the relationship expired, forgive yourself. You did what you knew to do in that time. You know, now you may make a different type of choice, you know, or maybe even if it wasn't that, maybe now you'll do things a little bit differently in the relationship. So you have to kind of take a little accountability for your portion in it. You have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive him. If there was a third party involved, you know, someone cheated or whatever, or somebody's mama was all in their business. You have to forgive that person as well, you know, because any of those third, anytime a third party comes into place, it does make things a little bit more complicated, but you have to forgive all parties and just know that this happened for a reason and that this is in your best interest, no matter how much it hurts at this moment, you will live after this, you will move forward. And then after you've gone through that forgiveness process, you need to replenish yourself, pour back in yourself. You know, so people talk so much about um, self-love being, you know, bubble baths and manicures. But sometimes it's, you know, not answering a call that you don't want to take because, you know, you're going to be on the phone for an hour. Sometimes it's putting up this boundary and, you know, making sure your coworker is not coming to talk your ear off or, or you know, expecting you to kind of solve every problem. Self-love is, you know, not just the physical. It's also the emotional, the mental, the spiritual even. So pour back into yourself, replenish 
your soul, your spirit. Um, I have a good friend that always says, uh, have a love affair with your own soul. So court yourself, date yourself, pour back into you because you've just been emptied out, you know, from this relationship. So your fault, your soul, your heart may just feel like a desert, but pour back into yourself. And then last but not least is moving forward. I would not recommend trying to move forward or trying to date right away until you've gone through that process. So um, that is really a great way, you know, kind of following that little roadmap to, to heal yourself from that relationship and also make sure that the relationship wasn't in vain. You want to make sure that you you got something out of that relationship, even if it was just a lesson or even if it was more self-awareness about who you are or even if it was, you know, more insight on how to deal with a certain personality type. You gained something from that relationship. So, yeah, maybe this wasn't for forever love your you know husband that you're going to be married to for 50 60 years but there is still something to be gained and those lessons are like building blocks for you know for the rest of your life so you can take those lessons move forward to other relationships other friendships even other job situations and continue on your journey mm, those are some great gems for <laughs> breakup process I also wanted to touch back on something that you said. It's so important to really heal. This process is so important because like you mentioned, you could be upset with so many other people. And I didn't even think about that. You could be upset with the best friend, the mom, the sisters, the cousin, the auntie, the, the, you know, all these people. And that's just adding to your traumatic experience of the process. Yeah, it really does. And I always say, you know, if there is another woman or a third party in general. Yes, the other woman. That person is that person is is kind of responsible. But at the end of the day, your relationship is with the person that cheated. So with your partner, mm-hmm. your intimate partner is the one that chose to, you know, begin that relationship or begin that you know, situationship or whatever with that third person. So your frustration should not be at the 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 other woman. I mean, it's kind of natural for a little bit of it to be, but for the most part, focus on what your partner did because a lot of times, you know, we get into these situations and you know, we uh, we think about this other woman and she's a home wrecker and Becky with the good hair and you know, it's like the whole scarlet letter situation. Yeah. But we put the blame on the other woman because we're not in love with the other woman. We love our partner. So therefore, sometimes they get a free pass, you know, and I hate I hate it when that happens because the women end up going at each other's throat and the man is over there sitting watching sometimes. You know what I mean? So so rather than um, rather than focus on her or him or whoever that third party was, like I said, even if it's, you know, mom that was constantly in his ear. He is the one that made that choice to listen, to invite that person into your relationship. So they're the ones that made the commitment to you. The other person didn't. Your partner is a grown ass woman, grown ass man. They're capable of saying no. They're capable of rejecting any third party. So it's not like some temptress came and hypnotized him and all of a sudden he's sleeping with her. You know, that didn't happen. He made a choice or she made a choice you know, they decided that to cheat, you know, and it usually starts out emotionally or with the little flirting. And then it kind of goes, you know, goes on. And next thing you know, they're lying to you and you find out um, that there's another person involved. Um, So yeah, the partner is to blame the other person. Don't even focus on them. 
forgive them for what they did as well, because, you know, they were part of it. If they were aware that you were in a relationship or whatever, and they just didn't care. But yeah, I hate that the other woman gets all the blame and like, Look at the whole um, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt situation. Yeah. Everybody blamed Angelina Jolie. And I'm not saying that she was innocent. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. But for the most part, Brad Pitt got away with, you know, people, he was like ignored. It was all this whole Jennifer, uh, uh, Angelina versus each other, which that really shouldn't have been the case because he's the one that was accountable. Yes. And every time I see Jennifer Aniston on commercials or movies, she just reminds me of so much strength and I just smile every time I see her because she handled that with so much integrity. We don't know what she was doing behind the scenes, but she really kept moving forward with her life mm-hmm. and she really showed a level of self-love and self-care. And it was in media. It was probably embarrassing. And, you yeah. know, it, you know, I just really, really love that she still went on with her life. And she went on with her life, yeah. Yeah, she went on with her life and became whole and more complete. And it probably made her stronger to get through something so hard like that. But I wanted to back up and I wanted to ask you about why do women, why do men, particularly when we were talking about women, do the other woman beat down because like you said, I have never understood that the woman is a byproduct of the person that you're in a relationship or the man is a byproduct of who you're in a relationship with. And I wanted you to talk about even if the situation is condescending, even if the situation is, "Uh uh-huh, I got your man, I got your woman, whatever. How can right. we hold on to our integrity? How can our listeners hold on to um, not lose their stuff? You know what I'm right. saying? Even when, because so many times it is abrupt. It is devastating. It is heart-wrenching. Someone is turning the knife. But here you have this other person who is condescending, like I got your man, you know, so how can you help that person, that person that's just reeling with anger, you know, because they are being antagonized. Absolutely. And you know what? That's a recipe for disaster because someone that's already vulnerable and in a very emotional state could easily just like somebody's like in their DMs showing them pictures of her and the man together. So I would say in that situation, you want to do the same thing. You want to block that person as much as you can, you know, stay away from that temptation because at some point you're going to want to just slap the shit out of the person. But but don't do that. You know, just kind of keep your, um, keep your cool, I always go by the whole, don't ever let her see you sweat, you know? So don't let this person know that she's torturing you basically by sending you pictures or by saying, you know, bragging about how she's got your man and your man is with her, et cetera, et cetera. First of all, by this point, it's not your man anymore. Um, Second of all, whatever caused him to not be faithful in the relationship with you, that's going to go over to her. So if anything, you know, she thinks that she got this prize or she stole something from you. 
he wasn't yours yeah. <laughs> and he's not hers either. He belongs yeah. to himself. So, you know, you didn't really lose anything. Um, you just gained some new understanding of who this person was and now you can move forward with your life. So, yes, yeah, so I would say stay as far away from that other person as you can. You know, in that situation we were talking about with um, celebrities, sometimes it's difficult because that person's face is plastered all yeah. over billboards and yeah. TV. But for the most part, if you are not in that situation, I would say just if you can stay away, you know, if you guys go to church together, you might need to change churches for a minute. If yeah. you work with this person, you might need to be transferred to another department. Do what you need to do to protect yourself, because you also don't want to be that person that goes to jail or beaten up right. or, hit the, you know, right, the, the right, other right. woman. Right. Yeah. So don't even give her the satisfaction, her or him. Don't even give the satisfaction. Just remove yourself from the situation and focus on your own healing. Right. And I want people to know that that is actually strength. That is not weakness. You that is so much strength. Let yes. me tell you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I also wanted to say you are a breakup coach. But what about the women or the men that's listening and they are going to get back together like after this breakup, and let's just say they were with a downright cheater. I mean, my experience with women over the last two decades, I have seen some extreme things where maybe men would cheat, 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 cheat. I mean, in excess. And then yeah. a couple of years later, they've gotten back together. So can this person ever trust this person again to build a strong relationship? Now, I've seen it happen, but would you advise that? I know you're a breakup coach. So what would you say on the opposite end? Yes. So I would say if the, um, you know, the person has gone through this process to heal and some time has passed and they've decided to get back together or give this person another chance or what have you, I would say that your relationship needs to start fresh with a third party. And that third party is a counselor or a therapist. I do believe, you know, even if it's like a minister at your church, there needs to be someone there to help you navigate your way through this whole process of getting back together. Because you can't just go back to what's familiar, go back to that person and expect everything to be okay because of how sorry they are or how many roses they sent you or how many text messages they sent you saying how they are so sorry or whatever. You have to have some social proof that that behavior is no longer. So usually, um, you know, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times guys don't want to go to therapy. You know, they're not big on it. So if they're not willing to get some additional help, then um, you don't necessarily have proof. Their words are meaningless. You need to see action. And sometimes you don't see that action until you're in a counseling session, you know, marriage counseling or uh, relationship coaching or whatever. So you need to have some type of confidence that um, that this person has changed. Um, and it takes some time to see that. And that's the thing. People get back together and then six months later, they figure out this person is doing the same shit. So for the most part, you need to be patient with yourself. Don't rush back into anything. Recommend counseling first before you get to together. And if that person is really interested in result, you know, making that relationship work and kind of reconciling, they're going to do something like that. They're going to go to counseling. And I've had both situations. Once where I forgave the person, he didn't want to go to counseling. Relationship went to hell. Another situation where I forgave the person, he went to counseling. Everything um, ended up being great. We were on a, we had a fresh start. 
So yeah, you can you can start again, but you need to have some some confidence that whatever whatever reason you broke up, that issue is no longer. Okay, and great. we don't always have that right away. So you right, know, take your right. time. Just don't rush. Don't allow this person to kind of push you back into a relationship until you're sure that, or, or reasonably sure, you can never be a hundred percent sure, but reasonably sure that this person has done the work to make sure that that thing doesn't happen, that you've done the work to make sure that you're going to be show up better in the relationship this time around. And be solid on the inside. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you know what? Um, things like anytime you, you are betrayed, rebuilding that trust is so hard. And when the person that was cheated on or betrayed they are the ones that carry the brunt. Not only do they have to heal themselves, now they got to try to find the strength to trust this person again. You know, um, I say transparency is everything. So if you are in that situation and this person wants you back, if they're not going to give you the passcode to their phone, even if you never go in it, yeah. you need to have the confidence that they're going to give it to you because they have nothing else to hide. And if they say, no, it's an invasion of privacy. Okay, well, you obviously have something to hide. So therefore, you know, take that information and do it what you please. But for the most part, the other person that betrayed needs to be even more um, vigilant about making sure that you feel comfortable, making sure that there is nothing that is making you have second thoughts. So they need to also be very mindful of you and how they um, how how they how they re- how they regain that trust from you. Mm. Thank you so much, Vaughn, for stopping in the Mom's yeah. Love Coffee Shop. And <laughs> Thanks I want for you, having me. You're welcome. So I wanted you to tell our listeners how to get in touch with you and how can they work with you. Okay. So I am uh, on social media, mostly on Instagram, at Coach Vaughn Fisher. Uh, my website is CoachVaughnFisher.com. Um, if you want to DM me and schedule a session, we can absolutely do that. Um, I do have coaching packages available and I also have a course called the breakup bounce back coming up pretty soon. Um, so it's a coaching program that goes through all of those steps, um, with a small group of women. And, um, yeah, so if you're interested in that, certainly feel free to DM DM me as well, but Instagram is mostly where I hang out. So, so hit me up there and yeah, I'd love to connect with you. Um, and you can also go to my website and get a downloadable book called the goodbye guide. So it's a, it's a journal that helps you decide if you want to break up or not. So going through that process to kind of figure out, you know, is this relationship worth it? Do I want to break up? You know, it's really a lot of self-reflection, but you can get it on my website. Awesome. So before you leave, I have three questions. It's time for something to sip on. So (laughs) this is a session where I ask you some life questions. So the first question is, what brings you joy? Ooh, what brings me joy? Um, Spending time with my daughter actually brings me a lot of joy. Um, She is apple of my eye and spending time with her does. So I would say that's probably one thing. Um, Dance is another. I belly dance. So so that brings me a lot of joy as well. Okay, you're going to have to teach me how to do that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The next thing is, what are you working on in your life right now? Um, Personally or professionally? Either one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I would say um, personally, I am learning to do a deeper dive into my own intuition. 
So, you know, sometimes there are situations where our intuition is telling us something and we're like, oh, well, let me just give it another chance or let me let me just see or whatever. And then intuition is always right. So really just making sure that I'm tuning into that so much more um, because it doesn't need to be like this big, you know, billboard sign telling you that something is not right or you need to not do this or not do that. Sometimes it's a small, still voice that's giving you some direction or some guidance. And, you know, we're so busy with in our own heads, we don't even hear that voice or we don't even pay attention to it. So, yeah, diving into doing a really, really deep dive into my own intuition and making sure that I'm listening. (laughs) Uh, And you know what? That is so important. I concentrate so much on the intuition now, the older I get. And if you listen Oh my goodness, our lives, it it just opens up because even my experience today, I was following my intuition, doing something obedient and the thing, it didn't work out, but that was God showing me, okay, I'm showing you now, this is not the way. So intuition can work so many different ways. Not just the open doors, but it can also show you what not to do. And it's sort of like God saying, okay, that's the confirmation on not. You you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We second guess ourselves all the time. You know, we we second guess. We're like, oh, well, no, I think I think I'll be okay if I do it. And then something happens, you know, so just listen and obey. That voice is there that to me, that voice is, you know, spirit telling you. Yes. Guiding you. You just have to listen and be receptive and be open and, you know, train yourself to hear that that intuition within you. And that to me is the most important piece in life. Yes. And my last question is, what has been your greatest life lesson? Ooh. Ooh, wow. That's a really good one. I've had some big life lessons. I would say give to myself the way I give to other people. Uh I'm a natural giver in relationships at work. Um, and I don't always pour into myself as much as I do other people. So I would say, and it's come back to bite me in the ass several times. So I'm putting a lot more focus on giving to myself first. You know, the phrase that says, um, you know, fill your own cup up or, uh, or don't get from the overflow of your cup or something to that extent. I am learning to make sure that my, my cup is, is full and I give the overflow to others and mm-hmm. what's in the cup is for me and me alone. Amen. Thank you so much. So everything about bond will be on any site that you're listening to this podcast. You can connect with her there. You can follow her on all her social media platforms. And thank you so much, Vaughn, for being with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. <laughs> so friends, I hope today's episode was food for your soul and fuel for your life. You can go to anywhere you're listening to this podcast and find out more on our guests. Please rate, share, subscribe to this podcast on any platform. I am your host, K.K. Smith. And remember, you can always celebrate wins and get back up again inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop.